Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner. We discuss ways how we can better involve our teams with better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have a really terrific guest, uh, one that I've wanted to have on this show for some time. Let me tell you a bit about him. His name is Randall Garcia. Uh, he's a fellow icon of influence and I had the distinct pleasure to meet him at the last new media summit shout out to Steve Olsher there uh Randall is a speaker author and futurist uh, as well as a creative we probably need the futurist more than anything else on that resume <laughs> uh he's launched two podcasts over the last three years with a passion for developing young leaders Randall launched the Millennial Leadership Show podcast in 2017, which is strategically being rebranded and relaunched into the Love Live Lead podcast. We need to hear about that. Also, with the help of his <laughs> wife, Selena launched the Lead at Home podcast in 2018, helping high-achieving individuals win at life by prioritizing leadership at home. Both podcasts are syndicated on AMFN Radio nationally. So, Randall, welcome to the show. We want to hear about all of that. What's going on, Ken? I'm excited to be on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Not as excited as I am. So, you know, tell me a little bit about changing from Millennial Leadership Show to Love Live Lead podcast, because I really want to hear about leadership today with all the challenges that we have. Yeah, especially given that it's been my experience that the vast majority of millennials you know, really get it or can get it pretty easily when it comes to leadership. Yeah, you know, first I'll start with this is, um, you know, the Millennial Leadership Show is a show that I started back in 2017. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, and uh, I was actually, I was called the Millennial Leader by many, many people that for, you know, for whatever reason, they would, that was like my nickname. And so I just got this brilliant idea uh, back then to start. <laughs> Actually, in 2015, I started the Millennial Leadership blog. 2017, I launched the podcast, uh, grew a good uh, following of millennial leaders. I felt like we were getting uh, a bad rep for being, you know, entitled, delusional, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know, we're the trophy, the, 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 um, entitlement generation, the trophy generation. So, um, you know, I started the Millennial Leadership Show and since then it's, it's taken off. I'm strategically rebranding and actually launching something called the Christian Leadership Network. Nice. And I'm actually bringing a bunch of Christian podcasts under one umbrella. And one of them is going to be the Lead at Home show that, that you mentioned. That my wife and I, Selena, do. We help high achieving individuals lead better at home. It's an amazing podcast. The Millennial Leadership Show is also being rebranded under the Christian Leadership Network. So it's it's a lot of fun. I love podcasting. I love talking about family, leadership, um, you know, Jesus. And so that's that's who I am and that's who um that's that's really what my niche is. So awesome. I want to mm -hmm. talk about all that. It all goes right in line with what I believe and and what I try to teach as well. Um and you know we need we need more guys like you right now you know more millennial christian leaders out there uh because it's it's tough man it's it's really tough you know i know myself and and a lot of my fellow thought leaders you know almost you know are want to crawl into a hole we don't know what to say <laughs> you know for instance you know i i use the term all lives matter 
uh, because that's how I was brought up in my, you know, Christian leadership and in my Christian journey that everybody was equal. And, you know, automatically I was kind of attacked. I'm like, whoa, you know, I don't even know what the heck I said there. Yeah. How do you navigate some of, some of this, you know, uncertainty and, yeah, even, you know, unease, you know, in, in this yeah. time. Yeah, I have, I have three kids. I have a, a six-year-old boy, a four-year-old uh, girl and a six-month-old baby girl. And uh, the way that I would explain it is this, if, if my, uh, my son or my daughter, let's say my son comes up to me and he says, uh, you know, he's struggling with something, he has something on his heart. And he says, you know, dad, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And maybe he's crying. And he says, do you love me? You know, and then if I responded, son, I love all of my kids, Mm, (laughs) which is true, right? Which is true. I don't think that he would take it the same way as if I said, son, I love you with all of my heart. He's going through something I'm showing him compassion. I'm empathizing from where he's coming from. I say, son, I love you. I want you to know that I love you. Um, Rather than saying, you know, son, you know, I know you're struggling. I know you're crying right now, but I love all my kids, right? (laughs) Now, no doubt, I love all my kids. I love all my kids with all my heart. But I think it means a lot more if I actually tell him specifically that you matter to me, that I love you, that I hear you. And, and, And I think that's an example, an illustration of, I believe what the Black Lives Matter, um, I guess, phrase, not necessarily the organization, because there's two different yeah, things, right? Yeah. Phrase, everyone's saying Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I think for, for uh, many people, for most people, they're not saying that everyone else doesn't matter. Yeah. I think it's more of saying it's recognizing that there's some hurt, that there's some pain, that there's some history there. And it's simply just an acknowledgement um, and it's not supposed to just, um, it's not supposed to um, exclude everyone else. But I think it does mean a lot if I were to say, son, I love you. Or to my, to my fellow brothers and sisters, you know, my black brothers and sisters, yeah. I say, black lives matter. Hey, you matter to me. Um, I think there's definitely a difference and it can be perceived differently. And I think that's where, um, that's where the confusion comes into play. If you don't understand uh, why you're saying it, it yeah. could sound like an uh, exclusive statement rather than an inclusive statement. So I can definitely understand why much misunderstanding comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, that was one of the top three explanations to that type of question that I've heard in the last two or three weeks. Yeah. I, and I especially the phrase black lives matter in and of itself is very pure. And I, and I agree with that. Of course they matter. Uh, where, yeah. you know, sometimes when we're talking specifically about Black Lives Matter, the organization, you know, there may be some different thoughts um, that are connected with that. And I'll leave it, uh, I'll leave it there. But what you said goes back to one of the things we talked about before I even pressed the record button, which is wisdom. Um, I yeah. think that today we have so much knowledge but we we lack wisdom at times um yeah. and i'll i'll give you a, a couple of examples um one you know i i play in a lot of different circles and i'm privileged to be able to do that 
You know, some of them are more entrepreneurial liberal circles. Others are more law enforcement, more conservative based. And it's interesting, you know, the extremes of both just, you know, make me cringe um, sometimes. And it seems like we have all this knowledge out there, but we don't take it to the next step of wisdom. Uh, in fact, I, I'll tell you a quick story, one, because it's funny, and two, because it's my show. And then I'll finally shut up, and, and I, I want to hear your take on this. You know, when people have asked me about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, I tell them a story from when I was in St. Louis a number of years ago for a conference. I was going from the airport to the Union Station Hotel. I forget what it is. It's Doubletree. And I was on their light rail. Now, they only have two lines in St. Louis. One's a red line and one's a blue line. So I got on. You know, it was obviously, I knew it was the red line taking me to Union Station. And a couple of millennials got on. And the only reason I know is because of the age. You know, I'm a Gen Xer, so, you know, <laughs> I'm always left out. Everybody wants to talk about baby yeah. boomers <laughs> and millennials. Nobody cares about Gen X. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But anyhow, this young couple got on. They looked at the map of the lines. They looked. They went and sat down. The lady got up, looked at it again, went and sat down, and then came up a third time and stared at the, the map and asked me, is this the red line or the blue line? And my Chicago mind wanted to say, you know, it says red line right there on the sign, but I, I chose not to say that and trying to be helpful and mentoring and also Christian. I says, well, I'm not from here, but... I know in looking at that sign that the red line is the only line that goes to the airport. So since we're at the airport, I'm assuming that this is the red line. And she looked back up at the sign, looked back at me and said, wow, that's a good way of looking at it. Thank you. <laughs> and so I use that analogy because the map of the light rail line in St. Louis is the knowledge. You have it there. You can Google it. The wisdom was being able to take it one or two steps further, actually understand and say, well, this must be the red line. So, you know, in leadership, yeah, how do we get from just looking at the blue line, red line map and really being intuitive to understanding this is how we use the, this knowledge today. Yeah, I mean, um, first thing I'll say is uh, that, you know, wisdom is really applied knowledge, right? So you can have knowledge of something, you can take in a lot of information, you can be very, very intellectual. But if you can't, if you don't know how to manage a relationship or manage, um, you know, your emotional intelligence, and then take the information that you that you know that you've learned and apply it to your life in the correct way then um, you know then wisdom doesn't exist you have to apply your knowledge correctly and it has to be at the right time you, you know if it's if it's the words that you use or the actions that you take um, they definitely have to be measured and well thought out um, and I do I do think that wisdom is something that comes from experience right uh, we don't, I, I would say that we don't just, you know, come into this world full of wisdom. A lot of times we, we learn from our mistakes. We, we have failures. Um, we, we mess up. Um, and when we learn from those experiences, 
we're able to course correct and we're able to say, you know what, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Um, I'm not going to respond in that way again yeah. or react to that situation, but rather I'm going to use the knowledge, which experience, when you have experience, you can take knowledge from those experiences and apply it in a better way. So, you know, it seems that it seems to me that the older that I get, the wiser I become <laughs> because I know, you know, I shouldn't really, really said that I shouldn't have really done that. And I think also it's um, wisdom really comes from the little moments. Uh, you know, I, I always, uh, you know, I always talk about how when we pause and we reflect on our day, we can even we can even pause and reflect on a conversation. Mm -hmm. We can pause and reflect on the, the the smallest, most minute things in life, and we can take lessons from it. So wisdom actually comes from not just applying your knowledge, but being aware of the situation, being aware of where you are, where you're at, reflecting on it, and saying what is the lesson in this, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we can move through life so quickly and rush through our days where we can actually say we've, we could miss a lot of wisdom, um, uh, oppor wisdom opportunities, or we can, um, acquire wow. wisdom. So I think wisdom for the, for the wise people in this world, I think a lot of times it's through the experiences that just happen. They could be big experiences, but if you want to acquire wisdom faster, Hey, be keenly aware of the small things in, in life. And I believe that you're going to learn, you're going to find a lesson in almost everything in life. And you're going to be wiser for it. So, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Great stuff there. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btc inc.net and go to the contact us page simply put in your information and in the comments all you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15 minute strategy session to help your unique business yeah i'm going to ask you a real open-ended question because i i really want to tap into your wisdom on this um from possibly a couple of different angles is I believe from an entrepreneurial standpoint and a business standpoint is as difficult as this time that we're in and we're right now we're in, I got to look at my calendar. I don't even know what darn day it is. It's late June, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're in the midst. Yeah. That's the kind of time we live in. It's like, what day is this? Oh, it's Friday. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but in this time that we're in, you know, it's probably, you know, the most I'll use the word unsettling. Uh, definitely in my lifetime, uh, although my parents like to tell me the 60s were pretty rough, but uh, I don't remember that. I was a little young. Um, <laughs> yeah, in this unsettling time, I truly believe 
that you know there's there's not only a need for change on a number of different levels i also believe with that change there's a lot of opportunity out there um so you know where is the you know since you are a futurist and in we're in using that same idea of the wisdom of what we're learning now where do you think some of the opportunities are in business and, and, and even culture building, team building, and so forth? Well, I mean, I think, I think the obvious, I'll give you an obvious answer and then I'll kind of expand on that yeah. is I think that, um, you know, the way that we're doing things in June of 2020, right, is not the same way that, that businesses have run themselves in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. If you look holistically at companies, whether they're Fortune 500 companies or whether they're small business owners, the entire landscape of business has completely shifted to online, to digital. Yeah. The way that you were marketing before, the way that you were selling your products before, the way that you were communicating, the way that you were holding your staff meetings, the way that you're communicating with your business partners or or, or your strategic partners, your key partners, the way that you are, that you're banking, right? The way that you uh, are doing business holistically, it's shifted, right? Um, and, and that's, that's the obvious answer is I think that what 2020 has done, um, uh, of course, there's the pandemic and there's a lot of things going on in our country, mm -hmm. but in the world of business, you know, what it's done is it's forced businesses to shift their mindset towards a futuristic thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they weren't in investing enough money into technology before. Well, guess what? Yeah. Now they are. I would even include churches into that equation. Mm -hmm. There is an explosion of churches who never did an online live streaming church service are now taking their services online. They're keeping their congregation, their members safe at home and still getting the, a, a similar church experience. Of course, it's not the same type of church yeah. experience, but what they're doing is investing into a spot, into a sector of their business, of their organization, like they didn't do before. And it's forced this change. And I think many businesses and, and, and many churches and, and many organizations as a whole, um, I, I don't see us looking back. I don't see us regressing from that. So, uh, you know, looking at our country, looking at our world, I think that the biggest takeaway as a futurist is to say, is to say you know, if you think technology has advanced um, in the last 20 years, well, we're about to see an even bigger <laughs> boom going forward. Businesses, businesses tomorrow, businesses next year and for the next, you know, forever, really, they're never going to be the same. This pandemic has changed business as we know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funny comment on that. I I definitely agree with you. I have um, some business clients that have um, board of directors um, that range in the in the older range, um, 60s, 70s, even some 80s, and they're very, very intelligent people. Um, so I'm not going to go down that road, but they haven't exactly embraced. <laughs> the technology um, you know so I've had many conversations over the last three months with uh, with my clients of all right if they can't learn how to use zoom <laughs> if they can't they can at least press a button <laughs> yeah exactly then then you know you may actually not because of their intelligence but because of their 
uh, uh, uneasiness to take that next step, you might need to find a new board director. All right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I agree with that. And I would, I would say that, um, you know, unfortunately it's nothing to do with their intellect, right? right. And nothing to do with their knowledge of how good they are in business. Um, but it honestly goes back to wisdom, right? Yeah. It goes back to wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. They can have knowledge. They can be the best at their craft. But if they don't apply knowledge, if they don't continue to grow and evolve with different business models, with different ideas, then unfortunately, it doesn't matter how smart you are. You're still going to get left behind if uh, your competitor takes their businesses, their products, their services online, and they start really hitting in, in that realm. And, and maybe past clients of yours might, you know, might want to stay home. And, and you yeah. didn't really expect that. I think that people are going to lose uh, to those who are well invested in the future. I think they're going to be left behind. And like I said, it's not, um, I'm not saying this to, to bring anybody down. Sure. What I'm, what I'm want to do is encourage people if you haven't taken it seriously yet, you need to start taking it seriously now. Yeah. Okay. Because this year business has shifted and we're not going back. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting in that, you know, my, my wife, who's a much better leader than I'll ever be, uh, manages about, I want to say 14, 15 people, um, in the healthcare industry. It's, it's, she doesn't work at a hospital. She works in an office building. Um, but almost every one of her team, you know, has been sent home to work with all the mm -hmm. technology and all the bells and whistles that they can provide. And it's interesting because through this pandemic, she still goes to the office for a few different reasons. Um, I've seen her come home and I said, you know what? It seems for some unknown reason that you're less stressed. And you would think you in the healthcare field with a pandemic, with all these things that are going on, that you'd be more stressed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. it's interesting because, and maybe this goes back to um, my unintentional but, but very valuable theme of wisdom is that with all of her team members who are always very, very intelligent people, having been sent home now can't just easily pop up out of a cubicle and say, yeah, hey, I've got this problem. What do you think of this? Where it takes one or two other pieces of effort to have that conversation. So they've chosen many times to take care of their own problem rather than hop on Skype or do an instant message or so forth. So yeah, I, I find that to be an interesting dynamic that was unexpected with all of these teams working remotely, finding a way to get things done, possibly and surprisingly to me, even better than they did before. Yeah, I mean, so much has changed and I would say that even, you know, this home-based model being sent home, working from home, you know, what employers and what organizations are going to start seeing, and they've, they've already started seeing it, is that the way that they were paying people before was to show up to work and to be there from this time to this time. But when they're being sent home, they're no longer able to control the hours, right, that are, that are, being, that are there. Yeah, you can log on 
to a computer at home and track the hours and things like that. But what organizations are going to start seeing is that they're really going to see who are the high producers, yeah. right? Who are the ones that can do this? And there's going to be many organizations that are going to move to a production model of paying their employees than a, an hourly model. And, and I think, I think that, um, you know, it depends on what business sector you're in and things sure. like that. But um, as we shift and, you know, who knows how long this year, who knows how many businesses will keep that model and say, hey, look, this is working. You're more productive at home than, you were, than you're here in the office, right? Yeah. Um, you know, depending on the business, I think that there's going to be adjustments in that way as well. And you just got to, we just got to be agile. Um, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're one of those em employees, you got to be agile. You got to, um, you know, move with the times, make sure that yeah. you're keeping up to date and that you are producing for the company that you work for. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to produce from yeah. your home, right? Um, you got to produce, you got to do business differently going forward for sure. So. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, maybe new normal has been overused a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the new normal for me, and, and this is what I try to impart, um, to the business that businesses that I have the privilege of working with is, you know, let's not just flip a switch and go back to how things were in January or February. Uh, mm -hmm. one, one of the fortunate things of all of this craziness um, is we've, we've been forced to change and now we have a valid excuse to look at our operation. Um, from, mm -hmm. from a customer standpoint, you mentioned banking earlier and I do a lot in banking. You know, let's not just automatically open up lobbies and cash checks mm -hmm. for $20. We've, we've been, people have been forced to learn a different way of transacting business. Let's look at our operation Maybe we do need to go back exactly the way it was, or maybe this is a perfect excuse to have lesser lobby hours, have it be more appointment-based, have it be more of an event where, hey, let's do some credit counseling, or let's, you know, let's sit down and bring you inside here to talk about your first home loan, you know, rather than say, yeah, I know you need 10 bucks for lunch, you know, you're going to come in here and yeah. use Keller rather than the ATM. And I think it's the same with our teams. Uh, because I think it's a way to look as we eventually get into some kind of non-COVID-19 lifestyle to be able to look at it and say, you know what, you thrived really, really well working from home. You know, why don't, why don't we try this for another six months in, in normalcy or semi-normalcy and see how that works? Others, frankly, yeah. which I've, we've known for years, just don't thrive at home for whatever reason. Say, you know what? Yeah, you've been you've been at this. You've been with us for nine years. For eight years, you were an awesome employee. When we sent you home, you know, not so much. Let's bring you in. You know, let's give you six feet of social distance, and let's get you back into an environment where you thrived. I think that's where some of the wisdom comes in. And not just say, all right, everybody's coming back in. Let's, let's take a really close look yeah. at this individual by individual. I agree. You know, I, one of the interesting things when, you know, you mentioned the new normal, I've, I've taken a different approach um, as an entrepreneur, right? As someone who starts things and, and um, you know, takes 
I try to take advantage of opportunities, especially when things aren't so normal, right? One of the interesting things is I, I totally disagree with everyone um, just being super excited to go back to normal. And I'll tell you why. Because the entrepreneur in me says, you know what, when, you know, entrepreneurs, we always talk about disruption. We always talk about um, when things are chaotic, you bring the solutions to the world. When there's a problem, you find the solution. There's, you know, entrepreneurs are very disruptive. We want to disrupt the markets. We want to do something new. We want to innovate. We want to push things forward. And the furthest thing that I can possibly think of from all of that is saying, oh, I can't wait for normal right? <laughs> I can't wait for normal. You know, this is the time where some people are going to rise up in their businesses. These, this is, this is going to be a, a, a point that either makes or breaks businesses. The entrepreneurial spirit in many businesses are gonna, is going to be tested and has already been tested right now. And all, I, I, all that to say, you know, in a way, I get it. You know, you, nobody likes all the disruption that's going on. Right. Nobody likes COVID and nobody likes the things that are going. And so in a way, I get it. We want things to go back to normal and smooth over. But at the same time, you know, don't waste an opportunity to disrupt your industry, to disrupt your market. Don't waste this opportunity when business are scattering and they don't know what to do. Don't waste that opportunity yeah. for you to step in and provide a solution like nobody else is providing it. So for me, it's an exciting time. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's my next move this is the time to make a move if you're going to make a move. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, great, great advice. And I think that we've been forced to be disrupted. And I would say many times, more times than not, I'm seeing either businesses that I work with or businesses that are kind of in my circle that have embraced that disruption. Um, some just simply because they've got a, no other choice except to shut down um, and others because they have found it, they have found some excitement in that, um, you know, whether it's uh, somebody like Corner Bakery, uh, who many have heard of to go to Corner Market to be able to sell some of their items like a grocery store because it's more of a need um, or some restaurants that I've seen that have never you know, embraced technology, never had an app where you could just, you know, order a pizza or pasta or, you know, I probably don't need either. I'm getting too fat, but say a <laughs> salad, you know, and, you know, they, now people, you know, don't even have to necessarily talk to a person. You know, it's like, oh, we'll have it right at the door, you know? So I've seen some of that. And I, I think that is some of the good that has come out of this craziness that, uh, that we're in and probably will be in for a little while. Definitely. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time, especially given the fact that I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I'm learning a <laughs> lot. And I, and I love this, this concept of wisdom. But for, for those folks that really could and should uh, tap into your wisdom, how best can they find you? Um, yeah, there's several ways that you can find me. Um, you know, if you, if you Google my name, Randall <laughs> Sean Garcia, um, there's, plenty of, uh, there's plenty of me on the internet that you can find. Um, and I would say you can uh, go to christianleadership.net that's something that um, we're in the in 
in the works of launching. The website is live. There's going to be several podcasts that we'll be launching. It's going to be a podcast network of Christian leaders, um, not just audio podcasts, but video as well, video content. It's going to be great. Um, and you can already go there and you can actually join the christianleadership.net um, uh, membership um, it's completely free. We have a bunch of cool resources that you can tap into. Um, and I would also say, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, talking about disruption, I, don't, I hope you don't mind, Ken. Please. One of the ways that I've, one of the things that um, I did was uh, in March, at the beginning of March, I actually launched something called PrayerCast, PrayerCast.tv. So instead of, you know, doing a normal podcast every morning, every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, I do something called PrayerCast. I actually get on uh, prayercast.tv. You can go to Facebook and watch the live streams. And I have, um, wow, I mean, I, I have, I guess, hundreds, thousands of people now that are coming on to the onto PrayerCast and praying with me and, and staying for a, a short message. Uh, it's great. You know, and part of part of us growing together as Christians, as business owners, as humanity, really, yeah. is tapping into how can we grow from this, right? And so one of the things that I've done is I, I, I just simply, I just pull out the Bible, I choose a verse, and we, and we go through it. And I got to say, um, there's a lot of truth that the Bible tells us, uh, especially right now, everyone's looking for you know, love, you know, right now, this is a cry for love in our, in our nation. You know, what about me kind of thing? You know, the black lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter, whatever you're saying. You know, I know that there's politically correct way to say it, but really I'm saying all of this is a cry for love, for equality, to be treated as, as someone who's important, to be treated as someone who's respected. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, Hey, those are the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. You know, uh, I always say that, that those are the attributes of the spirit of God. You can't disagree with those attributes. And so when I, every morning, start my morning that way, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lean into those, those fruits, right? I want, I want to be fruitful in my life. I want to have that love and joy and peace and patience and all of that. And I, I think that PrayerCast is a great tool. PrayerCast.tv, it's a website and it's a Facebook page. Um, that you can go to. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things that I'm doing uh, online. You can Google Randall Sean Garcia. You can go to randallsgarcia.com, visit my website or christianleadership.net. I'd love to connect with you. And Ken, listen, thank you so much for uh, having me on. I'm super pumped that we finally get to do this. Hey, my pleasure. And yeah, definitely, yeah, I recommend PrayerCast. I think that's a great idea. Uh, definitely, we need more prayer now. Um, I will say, although I did not know about PrayerCast until now, um, I will definitely share that that my wife and I begin our day. Yeah, I'm usually yeah. working at home, and she's getting in the car and going to the office. Uh, but we begin our day with a prayer and and read a book out of a, excuse me, read a page out of a Christian book. It's usually not the Bible, but it's a Christian book that has a daily uh, kind of reflection. Yeah. And we begin our day that way. Um, and it centers me. And you know, even, you know, Definitely. when you have some bad days and we've had a few <laughs> lately, you know, many times I go back to to a part of that. 
Um, but, uh, you know, when you, when you're taking a verse out of the Bible, do you just open up and put your finger on it or do you so, actually have a plan beforehand? <laughs> that's the, that's such a, a, a great part of prayer cast that people appreciate is I actually don't know the verse that I'm going to be reading really? uh, until I wake up. So it's seven thirty central standard time for your time. It's 5.30 a.m., right, when, when I go live. Yeah. Um, but, but with PrayerCast, I follow the YouVersion Bible app verse of the day most of the time, right? So what happens is I wake up, I check the verse of the day, boom, I know what I'm talking about, right? So they know the verse of the day, I'm going over the verse of the day, and we're dissecting it. The cool part about it is they've been talking a lot about wisdom. So I did a three-part series on wisdom this week, um, and we talked about how um, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. And so um, a lot of people think you have to fear that you are you afraid of the Lord? No, no, no. It's the respect. It's the admiration. It's knowing who he is. It's knowing how great he is and knowing, you know, that he wants a, a better life for you. Right. And so uh, when we talked about that, it was so cool to see how there's not a single thing we can think or there's not a single thing that we can say or do that he hasn't, that he doesn't already know, right? That, that, ha, that is not already in a, a knowledge that he already um, possesses. So, you know, we're going through some Proverbs this week. It's, it's a great topic, but every, yeah, every, every morning, I don't actually know what I'm going to be going over. So if you want to join, it's usually about 30 minutes long. Um, but, uh, you know, from what I've heard, you know, uh, people enjoy it and they tune in every single, there's some people every single morning, every single morning they're on prayer cast. So, uh, I think that says something and it's not me, but I would say that God is using something like prayer cast didn't exist before COVID, but yeah. he's using something like this, a live stream that is now, you know, it's reaching people. We had people join from Ghana and, and from all over the U S and it's just been, it's been a great opportunity to kind of disrupt how you study the word you know if you're not going to church well you can hop on prayer cast if yeah. you got disconnected from your church or your bible study during the week hey you can hop on prayer cast doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter what church you go to but we've all been able to come together and just study the word together and grow together and this is what that time is for the time is now in this season where we're home in this season of uncertainty i believe that god is preparing us he's using um, he's using us. He's using this time of preparation so that when our businesses get relaunched, when our churches get relaunched, we're going to be ready to rock and roll. And I think God has a, a plan and a purpose for everything. So this, I think this is, this is going to turn out good. God can turn a negative situation around for the positive one. So as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about, uh, about that. And so I hope that you would join me on prayercast.tv. Yeah, I I didn't pick up on the passion at all, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you hey, know, you'll get it every morning. You'll get it every morning. <laughs> I I have no doubt. Uh, I definitely just from knowing you, kid, endorse and recommend PrayerCast. You probably won't see me on it live too often because while I am God-fearing, I am not a morning person. So 5.30 a.m. Pacific time just doesn't work for me, but I highly recommend it. I would say about 80% of our viewers re watch the replay yeah. because we get, we get that, it early. So. That I could do. That I could definitely do. Uh, Randall, 
thanks again, man. You, you've been awesome. But really appreciate the perspective um, and appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to all of you that have listened to this episode of Cool Culture Corner. And as always, here's hoping that you have a Cool Culture Corner at your unique business. Take care.